0: A few days before uh, Florence came to visit our area, uh, my wife made a purchase. She'd been saving up for some time for our family, uh, for our yard. We, we had one of these in the past, and uh, I wasn't real sure if we really needed another one, but um, with four teenage boys, uh, not mine, but just our teenage boys, the kids from across the street, we had ruined one of these before, and it was our trampoline, And uh, so my daughter just flips and jumps wherever she goes. And uh, so we realized we probably need to replace that. And so a few days before the hurricane came, the, the trampoline came, had been sitting in giant boxes. And so I had one night this week to put it together. And so I, I took it all out in the yard, and it, it just there's so many pieces, all right? And I, I put the boxes on the ground, and I, I opened them up, and I spread all the pieces out. I made sure all the pieces were there. I made sure I had the right tools. I glanced at the instructions, keyword, glanced at the instructions. There's 84 springs, all right, that connect this mat that goes around this ring to make the trampoline work. And so all, I had all the springs attached. It was getting dark. All we had left to do was put up the safety net to go around the side, but we got to be safe, right? And so uh, I got Jonathan out there. I had Sonia out there. I had Emily out there. We're out there. We had the floodlights on. We got our flashlights on our phones on. We're trying to figure this all out. And Jonathan's up on the trampoline, and he's looking down, and he's holding this up, and he goes, Dad, this is wrong. I went, no, 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 just, just rotate it around. to be all right. And I took this pole and I put it up in the net and realized, Dad, this is wrong. <laughs> now, about 30 minutes before that, Emily's reading the instruction because she's a reader. She's reading the instructions. She, she, she reads this. She says, this is from the instructions. Failure to connect springs and attachments in correct manner could result in rebuilding the entire device. In my mind, I'm thinking, what goofball can mess this up at this point? This goofball. Because guess what I get to do this afternoon? Rebuild the trampoline. When you put eight springs in the wrong spot, just eight little hooks in the wrong spot, it messes up everything. It does not work properly. I've got the instructions. I've got the tools. So i got to tell you, all right? uh, We dealt with anger already in this uh, Sermon on the Mount. I just threw the poles on top, threw the tools on top, and I said, that's it for the night. And I, I think my wife was expecting like this temper tantrum from the two-year-old, 46-year-old, right? I was like, that's it for the night. We'll just go inside. And so this afternoon, um, about two o'clock, if you've got any plans, we'll be putting together a trampoline. <laughs> a pack of instructions in something that we're putting together is nothing but a pad of paper if we don't read them. If we don't listen and respond to what's in that pack for us. Likewise, two weeks ago, I know this because I experienced it, two weeks ago, there was a hurricane in the forecast and we shopped, didn't we? We shopped we prepared. Some of you were way more prepared. See, I didn't prepare. I just knew who was the most prepared. All I need to do is get to your houses, all right? I didn't have to prepare. I just knew where to drive to, to get to. And I knew who had 16 generators and a pallet of water, all right? I just knew where I had to get. But we prepare. And what if we were to take those instructions, and, and what if we were to take the forecast, and we were just to look at it and say, you know what? It's never coming here not going to take place now thankfully it it hasn't impacted us it has devastated others but what if those folks what if we were just to take that instruction that forecast and just say you know what i just just leave it alone it's dangerous it's destructive that's not putting the trampoline together that is possibly changing your entire life jesus in matthew five through seven sits down with a group of guys, his disciples, and he gives them instructions. He lays out the foundation. He gives them a forecast. He says, guys, you're going to need to be prepared for something. Now, here's, here's what had taken place. Just a quick review. Here's what had taken place before Jesus sits down on the hill. In Matthew chapter 4, it says this, and he went through out all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having various seizures, the paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, from Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. What that tells us early on is Jesus had people from all over the country coming to hear, different backgrounds, different religious groups, different political groups, coming to listen, coming to watch, people that were sick, people that were interested, people that were educated, coming from different places, and they, wanted, they were pouring in, the crowds were growing, the movement has started. And Jesus does something that should surprise us, He doesn't just stay with the crowds and and healing everybody in sight, does he? He steps away. He backs up. In chapter 5, verse 1, that we looked at 15 weeks ago, says this, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and he sat down and his disciples came to him. What Jesus does next is give them instructions. He lays out the plan for them to be kingdom people. He lays out the plan and says, if you want to proclaim the grace of Jesus Christ, here's the attitudes, here's the actions, here's the intentions that you are going to have to function from. He lays the groundwork for a movement. He doesn't just stay with the crowds performing miracles. Because those, those miracles, although great in the moment, those would not sustain. There needed to be teaching. There needed to be instruction. There needed to be obedience. There needed to be guidance. And even when Jesus teaches at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, it says Jesus taught with great authority. And he had to teach with authority because he talked about lust and anger and retaliation and anxiety and our speech and divorce and loving our enemies and prayer and wealth. He didn't hold back. He went straight for the foundation and for the heart. We already sang about it, the king of our heart. He went straight for the heart. The longevity of this movement was not going to stand on some sporadic miracles. It was going to be sustained through the life and the death of Jesus Christ and the teaching and the foundation that he lays for his people. It's obvious that Jesus does not want people following him for the wrong reasons, so he pours these foundational instructions he pours out this forecast and he says, here's, here's how you do this. If you follow me, here's my expectation. If you follow me, this is how to impact the lives of those around you. And then he does give a forecast at the very end. Our conclusion of this entire 15 weeks together Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who his house is built on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. This is a call of obedience. It's the foundation of this obedience is a question of Who or what are you building your lives upon? This morning, we come from a lot of different walks of life this morning. Some of you are in church most every Sunday, some periodically, some maybe you're skeptical of. And so I think we can all examine this morning, no matter where we are in that, what's your foundation? What do you stand on? What's the truth? What's the solid that you stand on? Storms come in a lot of ways physically, don't they? We've seen it this week. We've seen in the past, we've seen in snowstorms, we hear of typhoons, we hear of different ways. But in our own lives, they come in a lot of different ways. They come with family, they come with work, they come with finances, they come with church, they come with relationships, they come with past relationships. And the storms and the struggles are going to come. Health. Jesus is driving home this point. What is your foundation? Because we're all building a house. Spiritually, whether you're six or seven in this room or whether you're a lot older than that, all right, we'll just leave the end open. You're building a foundation. You're building your life upon something. Every single person in here, no matter if you deny this morning the teachings of Jesus, you're building your foundations on something. The question is, are we building our lives on the foundation of Jesus? Are we building it on solid teachings that do not shift with the wind that do not change the teachings of jesus that are solid or do we grab at the at the most recent truth that is shifting to build a house requires a lot of time a lot of expense if you're building a new home you can install the finest hardwood cabinets you can put all the extra amenities in the house the finest doorknobs and nicest cabinets you can put up all the shiplap joanna Gaines wants you to put up right But if that house is not on solid foundation, you're throwing your money away. If you build your house on a foundation that is not solid, that is not shifting, you're throwing away a lot of emotion. You're throwing away a lot of energy. You're also adding a lot of hurt. You're adding a lot of pain. So no matter your walk in life this morning, where, where you go to college, if you don't go to college, how early you get married, if you get married, if you live healthy, if you don't live healthy, depending on what that terminology means, no matter what you build as far as your emotional, your spiritual, physical, every single one of us are building a foundation. Now, Jesus is not teaching very clearly through the teachings of Jesus and through the rest of the New Testament. Jesus is not teaching that acts of doing bring about salvation, rather that our belief leads to action. John 3, 16, some of you know this verse. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We believe in. we place our trust in first and foremost by the grace of God. But that belief leads us into action. John 3:36, John the Baptist, just a few verses after Jesus proclaims John 3:16, John the Baptist proclaims John 3:36. He said, "Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son of Son shall not see life, But the wrath of God remains on him. Right belief leads to right action. For 15 weeks, right belief leads to right action. So here's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to take Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27, and I want to apply that to what we've already studied. Now, we're not going to rehash 15 weeks. We would be here till long in the afternoon, all right? But here's what I want us to do. I want us to take this thought of, are we building a wise foundation built on truth? Or are we building a foolish one? And I can simplify it even further down than that. Do you want to be considered wise or foolish? Let's take a poll. How many of you would like to be considered wise? If you don't play along, you're foolish, all right? I just want to, I'm just kidding. How many of you want to be wise? How many of you want to be foolish? Exactly. Exactly. So Jesus outlines for us five through seven and then reminds us and says, hey, you don't want to live foolish. You don't want your life, your relationships, your finances, your wealth, your impact. You don't want it to be shifting, do you? No, I don't. So let's back up wise versus foolish and apply that to some of the things we've already examined. Again, we won't do all of them, Matthew 5, 2 through 11, chapter 6, 1 through 4. We're not going to read them all. We are wise when our hearts are broken by sin and when we care for the needs of others. We are foolish when we function in arrogance and ignore the needs of others. You see how we can apply what Jesus says at the end to his teachings from the beginning? It's real fun, right? It becomes a little bit more weighty than just studying them and examining them. Now it brings weight to them. We go, oh, wise or foolish. We are wise when our hearts are broken by sin and when we care for the needs of others. We are foolish when we function in arrogance and ignore the needs of others. The Beatitudes that we looked at very from the onset. They speak towards the mourning of sin, the pursuing of personal purity. People who are meek, they have authority with humility. Those who are persecuted, but they don't retaliate. People who function, as we said, for weeks, with their eyes up, their ears on, and their hearts open. That's wise living. That's foundational, wise, obedient living. It's not complicated. We are wise when we are slow to anger, we are foolish when we are quick to anger. At some point in your life, I would say the majority of us have struggled with a moment or maybe a longer time of anger. That's why God's word, if you just take the word anger and use one of the countless tools you can find on your phone or devices and just search for the word anger, scripture is crammed, full, approaching the topic of anger. Because God knows we're broken and we're fallen and we need someone to address this in our lives. It's crammed with wisdom towards dealing with addressing finding forgiveness from, examining anger. If you want to grow in your effectiveness in sharing the love of Jesus, but you know you can't control your anger, it's foolish. When the storms of life come and anger is your response, it's foolish to believe that it will not impact your relationships, your future, your effectiveness. Now, verse 27 of chapter 7, I know we're jumping around a bit, but chapter 27, Jesus says something at the end. I want to make sure you get And the rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Enormous was the fall of it. When the house falls, its impact is devastating. When we allow emotions such as anger to rule our homes, to rule our attitudes, know this it has a great fall not a little one, if we allow it to continue to build in our lives when the winds and the rain come, the impact, if we allow anger to rule us, is destructive. Foundation, hey, it's wise when you treat others with your eyes up, your ears on, your hearts open. It's wise when you don't retaliate. It's wise when you're slow to anger, slow to speak, quick to listen. We're wise when we fight temptations leading to lust. We are foolish when we overlook the impact of lust. A wise man, Jesus said, listens and does. The Apostle Paul says, flee temptation. The enemy says, make temptation Your friend, the enemy says in scripture, Jesus says the wise man calls lust a what? An issue of the heart and he does whatever he needs to do to get rid of the temptation. A wise person takes the heart, heeds the warning of Jesus to run from lust, throw it away, cut out the temptation. If it is the foundation of your life, it will come crashing down. If you think and I think that we can walk through life without the consequences of lust and that it'll leave us unscathed, it will impact your life. It will devour your attitudes. It will extinguish the light. It'll damage your children. It'll impact your future dating relationships. It'll lower gradually, it'll lower your view of God's creation. It'll cost you emotionally, financially, physically. I've seen so many homes that have ignored the storm of lust. So many relationships, so many people outside of marriages. Lives have been greatly broken. And their lives have come crashing down. The Sermon on the Mount from Jesus was not so we could become more educated. It wasn't so we could be greater in knowledge of instructions. It wasn't so we could just say, "Yeah, Matthew 5 through7, you ought to read it sometime. It's really powerful. Man, whoosh. The last 15 weeks really got me. Verse 24 through 7, 24 through27 says, "A wise man listens and does. A wise pastor listens and does. A wise church attender listens and does. a foolish man listens and does nothing we are wise when we treat others the way we wish to be treated we are foolish when we respond in retaliation or vengeance this morning again you come in this room and you are far from a relationship with jesus christ apply this one to your life we're wise when we treat others the way we wish to be treated we're foolish when we respond in retaliation or vengeance the wise man builds relationships based on respect, based on care, not because it's been shown to us. We live in a world that it's rarely shown to us, it's rarely dispensed. But we have the opportunity to dispense that, to give out respect, to treat others the way we wish we would be treated. I wish to be treated, it's foundational. It's building our house on the rock. It builds houses ready for storms. It builds relationships ready to take on storms, ready for floods. Treat other people the way we wish to be treated. We are wise when we believe that God is in control. We are foolish when... When we trust in ourselves now Matthew 6 5 through 34 you leave this up for a minute that that section covers that we looked at covers prayer and fasting anxiety fear you if you weren't here for any of those you can go back and listen to those or just dig into those on your own but it is full of things and opportunities for us to turn our lives over in trust to the Lord it's not just a question of are you anxious or not it's a question of do we trust in the Lord. Have you placed your trust in the Lord and believe that he is in control? Do you believe and do, you, we, do we live that he's in control of our anxiety? Do we believe that he is a God that is listening when we pray? Do we believe that he's a God who desires for us to turn over all of our fears to him? Do we? We're wise when we do so. We're foolish when we believe that we can trust in ourselves, that we can come up with our, our own solutions to every problem in life. I'm foolish when I borrow from tomorrow rather than place my struggles, my fears, and worries into the hands of God who created me. Now, again, I could rehash over and over for 14 weeks. Those are just three or four. Four. But it's easy for us to take and apply the same litmus test of 24 through 27 to the same issues of our lives. Go back and look at those and say, am I wise or foolish? Jesus gives instructions. Am I following those? Am I pursuing those because I have faith in Jesus? Or am I foolish and I'm ignoring those? The reality is this from Jesus. His forecast is brutally honest. Wisdom grows through obedience. Foolishness grows through ignorance. And this is so hard. This is so in our face. This is Jesus not letting up. Hey, Jesus, could you go back to doing miracles? That was really cool. No, I'm, I'm going to lay the foundation for my disciples. Because you know what they didn't know? They didn't know in a couple weeks, a couple months, that they're going to be sitting on a boat with Jesus. And the storms were literally going to come, and this teacher was going to pe- speak, to the seas, and they were going to be still. They didn't know they were going to travel with a teacher who was going to be pushed against by the religious folks of the day, and the storms were going to come. They had no idea that Jesus was going to die, be raised again, then ascend into heaven, and say, now you guys go, and they were going to take this message all over the known world at that time, and they were going to be persecuted because of their faith. They didn't know didn't just need a picture of a miracle in their lives. They needed a foundation to stand upon that would stand the test of time. Jesus was giving foundational instructions to his followers. Again, I could rehash and walk through all the stories and all the moments that Jesus has given us. But it's really not confusing. It's really not confusing to get to the end of this after 15 weeks, and feel like, man, okay, who, man, what, what's coming here at the end? It's really not confusing to just simply ask ourselves the question: Are we wise, or are we foolish? Are we wise, or are we foolish? And here's my honest pastoral pouring out to you this morning. Why are these teachings so important to me as a pastor, to you as a church? Why are these teachings so important to me as a church member, for you as a church member? Because I dare say that for the last 14 weeks, almost every single week, sometimes every single day, and our other staff, and you guys who volunteer in a lot of ways, you know this to be true, almost every single day, There is a relationship, there is a struggle, there is a failure to sin. That we're left and we're there to help. And man, by God's grace, we're there to to help pick up the pieces. I'm just asking you. Listen, I haven't stood up here for 14 weeks. and giving you everything that I think that I can give you on a Sunday morning and, and God do business with me as before I can do business in this room and, and talk with you about that. I haven't stood up here and just breathed all these breaths and spoken all these words so that we can walk out of here and say, man, that was a great instruction manual on Matthew 5 through 7. Then I have failed. Jesus says we listen and we do. So all I know to do you is tell you for 15 weeks we've examined the foundation of the faith that has carried it for 2,000 years. This sermon was part of the pieces that carried this message of hope that we have of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years. Now all I can do is lay it at your feet and say, will you listen and do? Will you respond to the grace of Jesus Christ? And for some of you, that means trusting Him as your Savior. You've never trusted Him. You've never believed in Him. But for many of us, We've walked through some difficulties, and you've you felt a tinge or a pull in your heart, and you go, "Man, that's an issue for me." Then do something about it. He said, "Well, Pastor, that week three, whoo, really got me." Then do something about it. If you don't, you and I are foolish. And Jesus isn't trying to be a killjoy here. He's trying to say, I'm trying to protect you, that if you behave this way and live this way, it will lead to destruction. It will lead to a fallout. It will lead to a breaking of your family. It will lead to a loss of occupation. It will lead to the the stealing of your joy and your freedom." Build your foundation by listening to me and doing what I say because I have the gift of freedom and eternal life, and nobody else has it. So, listen and do. Church, listen and do. Be wise or be foolish. really up to you pastor i want to be wise but i want to hang on to that bitterness towards that person the rest of my life pastor i i want to hang on to that one desire that that one thing that one person that one relationship that i know is pulling me away from you i want to hang on to that one thing listen and do Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell. The floods came. And the winds blew. And beat on that house, but it did not fall. I also know in this congregation, a lot of people whose lives have stood. They have faced emotionally, spiritually, physically some of the most incredible tests of their faith, and they have stood. Verse 28 and 29, not on the screen this morning, when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. And he was calling them, listen and do. Let's pray this morning.